Well, you hot messes. We are back for a, another episode of the Hot Mess Teacher Express. I am Jess, if you don't know that by now. Sorry. And I am Vinny, a.k.a. Mr. Thomas English, a.k.a. Tired Beyond Belief. Oh. I know, I'm exhausted. Are you exhausted? I am. I am rather tired. I'm also growing a human now, so <laughs> what's your excuse? Do you remember that episode where you said you didn't like toppers? Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> Okay. It's me. Hi, I'm the topper. It's me. (laughs) This week is Read Across America Week, and uh, we're going to be doing our hot take for, uh, we're going to be doing a hot take on schools that celebrate Dr. Seuss in particular, because Read Across America Week started uh, kind of celebrating Dr. Seuss um, because Dr. Seuss's birthday is within this week, but we're gonna do our hot take on uh, Dr. Seuss. My hot take on, on celebrating Dr. Seuss is it's not a good idea at all. Uh, Dr. Seuss, is a problematic individual and uh, we should not be celebrating him in particular. I think there are so many other children's authors that we can be celebrating within this week. Um, And I think we're, I think schools are moving away from celebrating Dr. Seuss, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, But if your school is celebrating Dr. Seuss, don't participate. That's my hot take. (laughs) Okay. Mine is quite, like, universal with this when it comes to, like, America as a whole. I I find that personally, and I don't know if it's just where I'm in, like, the content creator bubble, but I'm noticing more and more, I'm a creator that tries their best to, like, you know, treat my social media like how I treat my classroom. I wouldn't go into my classroom and be speaking about my political opinion, my religious opinion, anything that I know could get me in trouble in a school setting. I try not to do that online because I'm like, I want my social media to be a space away from it. Mm-hmm. And I just notice more and more that like, I try my best to upkeep a wholesome I- image. I cuss all the time when I'm not on camera. But you do. Like, I, do. I try not to cuss all the time in my videos because I know I have so many parents that reach out to me and say, oh, me and my child love watching your costume videos. And I'm like, well, I don't want like little Johnny watching it. And then I drop an F-bomb and then they're like, <laughs> oh, great, thanks. <laughs> but it's like... I notice more and more that when I'm in the social media bubble and I'm looking, I see so many like controversial social media content creators and influencers and they're the ones that are getting the brand deals. They're the ones that are getting on TV. They're the ones that are getting seen. And it's like you look at it and you're like, everyone's in the comments saying how problematic they are, how they're doing all of these things where they should be cancelled. But the ones that you think should be cancelled are never cancelled. And the ones like me, if I do one thing out of line... I can bet I'll be cancelled and that'll be it. There'll be no coming back from here because, oh, I thought you were wholesome, but no, you're not. Whereas if someone is, oh, I'm upfront about not being wholesome and I'm controversial, it's accepted. And I feel like that's the thing all around America. Like, you Mm. look at, like, some of the politicians that we've had and some that we still have that Mm -hmm. are getting re-elected. The things that they say... If a teacher said that in a classroom, they would be out the door yeah. within seconds. Absolutely. But it's like that's that's the standard for teaching and education where you can't do that. But 
it's a standard and professionalism for a teacher when society craps on teachers and says, oh, teachers don't know anything. They can't do this. They can't do that. But it's not a standard for a politician that's in charge of the law of the land and how everyone lives. Yeah. And I think that's what's bleeding into the education. The fact that so much of what goes on into it is not actually based on what's good for the children, what's good for the curriculum. Mm. It's based on where the money is coming from and who's paying who and the government and what they are choosing to feed into the system. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, well, and I think that that kind of, like, it's all money. It's all money-based. It's all political. And um, I I just finished listening to a podcast called Sold a Story, which talks about the reading curriculum that we use in schools Mm -hmm. and how it's actually not teaching children to read. Really? (laughs) What? Shocking. Um, And it's all based on money and it's just it's crazy to me and almost um foundationally breaking that i was part of a system that was actually debilitating kids in their in their efforts to read and i feel like that's kind of where we're at well and it's like you have this extremist view of it of like for instance you have things like what's happening in florida with like you can't have text that mentions like lgbtq Mm -hmm. you can't have like there's no like push to have more text by like people of color that Mm -hmm. has more diversity in it like we have students that have never seen themselves in the text that we are forced to teach yeah and it's like when you're going through it i'm looking at these lists and it's like you have all these lists by these old rich white men that were depressed for no reason back in the day and the students are reading it and they're like I'm bored because the language doesn't make sense to them because it's like it's all written so prehistorically and you're trying to connect it to them and they're just like I just I just don't get and it's like you're fighting to try and keep them engaged with a curriculum that does not support you and you're thinking I would love to do a modern text you know I would love to get a Netflix series that everyone's talking about in my class find the text adaptation and teach it because they'll be like what this Netflix series that I'm obsessed with is based on a book and that would engage them but the issue is you can't do that as a teacher because they're like oh well to be approved it needs to go for xyz but then even all these texts that were approved are now being seen as problematic right but there's no new text to replace the old text so all of these teachers are struggling to even find anything that they're even allowed to teach without getting permission and are restricted in a system where the students are already reading below grade level and aren't even, like, literate enough as is. Right. And it's just, like, it's doing such a big disservice to those students. And I just think the whole, like, at this point, I'm just like, the whole education system just needs to go in the bin and be recycled and sank better. Because it's <laughs> just, it is, like, Redo. a hot mess. And I yeah. think that is why so many students are burnt out, why so many teachers are leaving, because they're, like... I came into this to make a difference to connect with my students, but I can't do this with the resources that I'm being provided. And nine times out of ten, what is provided is what you can and can't do, but not actually the resources to teach the lesson because you need to go out and find them for yourself based on all of this. You can do this. You can't do that. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, you're right. Like anywhere you turn, you're going to get like, no, you can't do that because this. No, you can't teach that because of this. And it's it's exhausting to try Mm -hmm. and figure that out. And I think what what needs to happen is everyone needs to be open to change, to growth. Mm -hmm. Growth is not a bad thing. And I think there's this idea within the education system and within our classrooms that change. If we teach something the way that their parents, you know, didn't get taught, then it's a bad thing. Like, Mm -hmm. let's not expose anyone to anything 
that yeah. we're uncomfortable with. I think there's this idea where we need to start kind of opening our minds a little bit more to change and growth. It's a beautiful thing. When it's the hypocrisy of being like, oh, yeah, you you know this text that you've been teaching for the last five, six years, that you have all these resources, mm-hmm. that you've adapted to perfection. Yeah, we're just saying, even though that's been approved for like decades, we're going to say that, no, you can no longer teach that without getting the consent form for parents. The same parents that were taught that same text and know it inside and out. But we're going to celebrate and all for that is problematic because that's, you know, that's the morals that we're putting forward within this society towards our kids. Right. Where it's like, oh, you know, like we're so worried nitpicking this, being like, you can't do this because that author, oh my gosh, I don't agree with their lifestyle. But you're more than happy to agree with someone that's really highly documented to be problematic and do a whole week dedicated to them. Yes, right. And turning your back on some of their problematic behavior is not not the answer. Like yeah. just ignoring it is not but i also think it it begs the question as well of because cancel culture is so rigid and it's so hot right now it's like where is the line between you know like i love the grinch but to me i'm like okay so if i do a grinch video then am i being am i like accepting dr zeus Mm -hmm. because it's like you know i love the grinch but i don't i don't like his actions i don't like what he represents like in terms of the author so then it's like at what point do you separate artists from art because then that's a whole different topic because you have so many singers that are being cancelled problematic yeah but you know they could they could have released your favorite song a decade ago and then what are you just gonna if i listen to that song that i've listened to for the last 10 years of my life am i now accepting what they represent when realistically I liked that before I knew who they were similar to I liked the Grinch before I knew any of this about Dr. Zeus right so it's like I don't know that's where it's hard to like try and decipher where it is but I think that's a decision that you should be able to make on your own when you have the tools to do so but I think forcing it onto a child to be like right this is this person you need to love their work you need to do all this I don't I don't think that's necessarily on the educator to do and if an educator is not comfortable doing an author that they don't agree with, they shouldn't be forced into a whole week to celebrate them. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, like there are so many other options. And I think I think that it's fitting the child into this square box that they don't fit in. Maybe yeah. they're not interested in what you're trying to read. Find other options. And that's that's that was one of my favorite parts as a teacher is finding what kids are interested in and helping them Um, develop their passion for reading and finding other worlds and it's yeah yeah i just think overall i'm like it comes back to this whole thing of like the education system especially in the u.s is just like we're gonna put more on your plate without actually (laughs) handling any of the situation you know it's very much like my favorite image of the education system is like a house where there is a leak in the roof but yet, rather than fixing the leak, they've got enough money to fix the leak, but instead they're going to do a new fence out the front because no one can see the roof, but they can see the fence. So they're going to fix that fence, then they not have enough money for the roof, then winter's going to come, the whole roof's going to collapse through, but you know, at least you've got the bright, shiny fence, even though the house is crumbling to the ground and the foundation is gone. That was 
That was a beautiful that, that, Mr. English teacher over here. It's like rather than dealing with the issues, it always seems to be like let's de- let's deflect and let's go and like right rather than sawing out the fact that we have no teachers because everyone's quitting, everyone's right. leaving. We're going to instead look at um <laughs> at these random texts and this is more important right now than right. the fact that I have someone that's unqualified teaching these children. I'm instead going to bash the teacher that's actually qualified in the next room because they're teaching a text that they've taught for the last 10 years. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I think it's definitely a thing where as a society, as a country, I feel like, especially in the US, the whole education system just needs to be reflected upon and improved for the better. I feel like it's time that it gets updated. It's definitely time. It's definitely time. Well, on that uh, amazing, wonderful, positive (laughs) note. (laughs) This was really supposed to be a positive podcast. I'm so sorry. Should we do some hotter nuts? Yeah. Okay. Let's do hotter nut. Okay. Uh, let's talk about what's hot this week. Okay, this is hot or not, the part of the week where we go over one thing that is hot in education and one thing that is not in education. For those of you that are unaware, hot means good and not means not good. Okay, I'm glad we could wrap that up. <laughs> it's the ex-teacher in me explaining the obvious. <laughs> and yet there are still people asking questions right now. <laughs> so hot this hot. week, we uh-huh. have uninterrupted lunches. Do those happen? Mate. <laughs> I, for one, I remember when I first went into teaching, I had this epiphany and it was the first time in my life, bearing in mind, I'd worked at like summer camps where I worked like 24 hour days. I'd worked on like a cruise ship for like six months and I hadn't had a day off in six months. And I had this epiphany one day. I was like, I am never like, this is the first job I have ever done where I cannot poop when I want to poop. I have to hold (laughs) in my poop. For up to eight hours a day, this is inhumane. And especially on those days where you have a lunch break and you're like, I just want to eat my lunch. But you're like, I've been holding this, like, (laughs) I've been baking a turd for the last (laughs) six hours. I smell. (laughs) I am literally. You have a choice. I am one. I am one swift movement away from sharting myself right here, right now. And I just remember always being like, if if I was in that situation and someone would come into my room at lunch, the frustration I would feel would feel no bound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, uninterrupted lunches are the way to go. And please, whatever you do, if you do not want to be found on your lunch, make it look like no one is in your classroom. Sit in a corner, sit under your desk and eat your lunch. It's fine. I'm telling some people do not get, take the hint though. I, I swear. I'll never forget you, one day I had a meeting before school, during lunch, and after school. It was oh the longest no. day of oh my life. Oh, no. <laughs> I bet you didn't get to poop that day. Oh, well, I had a prep. So, you know, my prep period, aka my poop period. Stunning, especially when it's like, I, there is nothing greater than having a prep period right when lunch is, because no matter what, you're guaranteed a lunch. Like, you will find yeah. a way. That is the best. It's my favorite prep. <laughs> is, that ne- is that next week's hot? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's not this week? What's not this week? Um, this one's a little bit controversial. But what's not this week is parents telling you how to teach or trying to address the curriculum for you. Mm. 
Mm. Yes. Why is that? Why is that a not? I think it's not because I feel like, and this may be the Britain may, but in England, uh huh, the curriculum is set. You're yeah. at school, this is the curriculum. Right. And I will never forget when I would be speaking to teachers and I'd have a teacher be like, oh yeah, that this parent has an issue with this text. So I'm creating a whole different scheme of work for this one student. I was taken aback. I was like, are you serious? I was like, like I get with like accommodations, IEPs, 504s. Right, right. Like, yeah, you'll do like an adapted text or maybe their case manager yeah, will yeah. work something out, the parapro. But... To literally be like, this is a student that literally cannot do the work in your class because the parent has an issue with it, just blows my mind. I'm like, I don't understand how that is appropriate in a public school. I get if you're in a charter school, if you're paying hundreds, thousands of dollars for your child to have an education, then yeah. Absolutely. But I'm like, when it's a public service that's being given to you to then say, oh, actually, I don't want that. I'm like, the the way the system works, I don't understand how, as a society, a parent can go to a teacher and tell them how to teach and the teacher has to do that. But as a society, if I get run over by a car and go to the hospital, I can't turn around to the doctor and be like, I don't want to pay. Like, you saved my life. Why should I have to pay to save my life? But I still got to pay. Like, there is more ability to fix the education system as a parent than as a person that needs medical help and cannot afford medical help to receive that medical help in this country. And I'm just like, that to me just shows how inhumane and backwards as a society we currently are. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, we are. I feel like we've, we've covered this with the US versus UK in the sense that UK is. <laughs> but like, I get, I, I think as well, like a lot of the times, like, there are parents that do have genuine concerns and do have the right to... Like, if you have a teacher that is just not getting on well with your, like, child and you're like, you know, I... Because there are those teachers out there mm-hmm. that hold grudges and are mean. And, I, and, and again, I think it's all about the approach. Yeah. How do you approach as a parent the situation in which you want to work with the teacher? But it's, I think it also comes back to that like community thing we were speaking about on a previous episode yeah. where it's like teacher and parent needs to work in unity for the child's sake. Right. And I think when you have one versus the other, that's where it all goes to crap basically. absolutely I, yeah and it's I think not that's it's it. not teachers trying to negate whatever the parents want yeah i think we all want to be on the same team and live and in unity and love better, and but this this is switching to a little bit of a hot on oh. the opposite end there is nothing better than having a parent that complicitly like just absolutely agrees with you to the oh. point where they are like, no, you've got a fair, fair point because then you can say to the parent, then go to the board about it. They'll listen right. to you, but they won't listen to me. Right. And they go to the board and something gets done about it. Like, and that's that's what is so rough as a teacher in this current day and age. Yeah. The fact that you have more ability to make change by getting a parent to basically to effectively go to your boss than going to the boss yourself because they will listen to a parent over you any day of the week. Yes. Versus the UK. We're talking about school boards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so school boards in America, I mean, I feel like they vary across the board on on how they're perceived, but they're usually run by a group. It's um, a voted in position and it's usually parents or uh, the people in the community and they 
basically make the decisions for the school and represent the town and or city in what they want to happen um, for contracts, for curriculum, for um, all of the things, really. They have a lot of power. They're scary. Um, yeah. Do you guys have school boards? Um, school in- boards were abolished in England in or the United Kingdom in 1902. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that sounds like a great year. A great year yeah. to abolish school boards. Do you know why they abolish school boards? So rather than having school boards, they have local educational forays. Okay. So it's like, basically, like, even the structure of, like, British schools is slightly different. Like, here you have, like, a district and you'll have, like, several schools within that right. district. Right, right, right. Um, versus in England, like, schools are like, basically put into these, like, local, like, authorities for education. Okay. And that's how they're based, but they're not, like, linked in the same way. Like, every now and then you may have, like, I know, like, academies are starting to become bigger in England, and they're more, like, they'll have, like, a certain, like, name branding that will, like, link them. But it's very rare, like, when I first came here and they're like, oh, yeah, we're this district. Like, we have, like, this whole powwow and get together for this whole district. I was like, we don't have that in England. (laughs) Like, we basically just stick to our own school and that's it. Or, like, every now and then, like, if you're in, like, a new teacher induction program or, like, you're in your postgraduate certificate for education, you'll have it where there's certain trainings where people from different schools go to it. But that training isn't necessarily run by a school district. It's run Uh, by the local area where you all congregate at a certain location and that location could be a school okay so it's definitely definitely less politicized than the united states and it's very much like everything that happens in a british school is from the government down there's no like middleman it's like this is what the government is recommending this is the local authority that oversees this and then this is like the school and within that all of these recommendations and policies are in place based on like this is what you need to follow this is it so contracts come through so your contract will be like specifically through your school it won't be like so like some places will be like oh for instance like i'm employed by this district and like you can transfer to different schools within the district and basically still be under the same contract yeah whereas in england like to my knowledge it used to be like you would apply specifically to that school you wouldn't go through like a system here like when i came here and i was like oh i'm just applying to every school that has an english teacher position in this district yeah it was like in england you have to apply to every single school individually to get into that school okay Mm, okay which is so it's not it's not as efficient <laughs> for applying for jobs but I guess. on the flip uh, side then like the hiring give process, america this one thing you have please. you have like your interview and you have to do an observation for an interview in england okay so they're a lot more strict in terms of getting into a school whereas here it's like Oh, I turned up for an interview and I just like spoke out of my butt for like the last 10 minutes. And now, now you've hired me on a year long position. Some people are really good at that. Like, that's okay. I've given you a resume and you've assumed from that resume and how I presented myself uh, that I can effectively teach a core subject. Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that is. Oh, okay. So when you came to America, did you have like, what was your experience with school boards? My experience with school boards was I just did not get them. 
Okay. I didn't understand it. And the way school boards have become, especially since the pandemic, yeah. it's like a circus. Like we had it where at one point the school that I was working for had a group of extremist parents uh-huh. like literally invade the school board meeting. And at one point they said like, oh, because the school board has left the meeting, they've like given up their rights as a school board member. So therefore we get elect our own board and are saying like, who's going to be the lead? Who's going to? And we're doing all this thing. Oh, like it was in the local news it was everything (gasps) it was like so intensive and i was like what the heck and then the pete like it was all about like mask mandates and stuff as well (sighs) where they were like how dare you like try and like protect my child from covid right um and then literally i was just, i just remember being like this is so tone deaf but then the pt is it the pta is yeah. that what it's yeah. called the pta as they're like um a teacher appreciation gift gave us a keychain that said we can't mask our gratitude for you <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i think given <laughs> some of the situations that have happened in our district this is not the best oh <laughs> gift to no give yeah, so I just Sometimes think, the pun is just not worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I also oh, just no. think, I think, you know, it's like you've got to really look inwards at this as well. When you look at school boards, you think a school board position is an unpaid position. Yeah. And who realistically has the time and the finances to do a job for free? Mm-hmm. So then it's like you're putting that in the hands of a certain demographic and that certain demographic that nine times out of ten is going to be a higher class person that has more finances, more money. Older, maybe. um, Older, maybe. Are they really going to be thinking about, you know a Title I school and how students feel there, right. how they address the right. curriculum, how they can behave, you manage that. Or are they going to see that from a lens, from a different perspective? Yeah. And I think that's the issue. I think if you're going to have a school board, you need to have like a vetting program. I think it should be a paid position by someone mm-hmm. that is qualified beyond belief to do the job. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that should be audited. And you should have a variety, a mix, a diverse group of people that Absolutely. are able to look at it. Absolutely. And give an actual effective opinion mm-hmm. and be there because nine times out of ten, the school board will have an opinion, then a parent will come in and they'll be extremely violent and they'll say all this stuff and to try and like make it so they don't have to deal with them, they'll comply to the parent and then the teachers are the ones that are suffering. Yep. Because they'll go into this meeting once a week and they'll say, yeah, 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 that's fine because they're not seeing how it impacts in the classroom. Right. And I think that for me is like the biggest thing with a school board that I just don't believe in i think that sucks that the fact that it is so one-sided and based on you know we fulfill this certain demographic but then no one's there to argue for everyone else yeah yeah i don't know necessarily that i've had like a positive experience with a school board um i feel like people have good intentions but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's just it the system does not work because you, like you were saying, you have out of touch people who don't understand what it is in the classroom or don't respect the teachers enough to, to, to listen to their opinion or come from a wealthy background where they have an opinion on education and they want it to be fixed based on what they believe and are not willing to listen to other people's opinions. Or if you have a parent on the school board, it's what works best for their child, not for yes. all of the children who are not your perfect angel. And it's like, it's very much so, like, it bleeds into, and I think there is such a link between the politics of the US mm. with the education system. Yeah. Beyond belief. Because <laughs> it's like, I was, like, asking my wife about this because we just had, like, our midterms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
like the people going for like office in um, Arizona, like I was like looking through it and I was like, but I don't understand. Like when people are going for office, why do the parties choose like these really controversial people yeah. that have sketchy backgrounds and all of this? And I was like, why would you put someone that people may not believe in yeah. as your main candidate? Like surely that's like, that's just screwing yourself over. Right. And then she was like, it's based on who has the most money, who has the most donations, who has the most sponsors. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you telling me that that does not bleed into who gets elected into school boards yeah, as right. well? Like, oh, oh my who gosh. has the most ties to like people that can like sway their way? Who has the most money to power advertisements to like do all of the big Local shiny elections things? Are, mm, like, and I mm. think that's the issue with it. I think it's, it's, the whole of the US is the same. It's too over like political. Yeah. It needs to be based on what is right for a person and not is not is what is right for a political party. Yeah. Because I think that's what it is. At the moment, this country is divided blue versus red. And it needs to be who is a human and what is a human and what is best for a human instead of what is best for this party. Wow, I'm, I have nothing else to add to I'm that. Like, yeah, Wonderful versus statement. like obviously in England it's it's not perfect and there's a lot of like there are things that can be changed, but it's like, at least you know exactly what you're getting to expect. Right. There is no way you are going to be in a British school and be told, oh, they had a meeting last week and they've just changed everything. Right. It's like there's a yeah, policy yeah. and procedure and effect in place where you will be informed months in advance. Like this was back when I was teaching there anyway, but you would be informed like this is something that we're going to be doing from this point on. This right. was agreed on and now we have a process. We're going to train you on this. We're going to ask you questions on this and then you're going to implement it. It right. wouldn't just be like, oh, last night there was a board meeting and now we've just changed this entire policy. So good luck. Right. Like, yeah. So I think to me that right. works a lot so, better. <laughs> well, one day, America. One day. <laughs>
and it is about you. I will say that. It reminds me of this point. Um, I like I describe this like in how like Americans work and Brits work. So how Americans work is Americans will complain rather than doing the job and will then not get the job done. Brits will complain as they're actively doing the job and will complain once the job is finished. But at the whole time, they're still doing the job while complaining, whereas Americans will stop and complain. I feel and like I'm a Brit at heart. <laughs> at heart, I am. Okay, Vinny. <laughs> Your topic this week is ASMR. I just really don't understand ASMR. I mean, what is so appealing about this? Oh, look at me. Oh, tap, 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 tap. Oh, let me just, let me take a sip of my water. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not have enough of a personality to have anything going on apart from, oh, look what I do today. Oh, really great, Bethany. Why don't you try and have, have something better in your life? Because this is just really wasting my time right now. I don't find this appealing at all. This is really frustrating. And I mean that with all of the passion in my body. Okay. That was everything I wanted it to be in <laughs> your your wake-up call and i hope if you do this you laugh at this and then make some different content please (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're gonna end (laughs) this episode uh highlighting people in education who do not get the appreciation and love that they so readily deserve and this week we're gonna highlight single parents um, whether it's a single parent teacher, um, being a single parent is not easy. I cannot, I cannot even begin to imagine what it would be like to be by myself in a parenting journey. So if you are doing it, you are one of the bravest and strongest people that, that I know. And I know that you're doing the best that you possibly can. Don't feel insufficient because, you're a single parent. You are, you're both parents, which is amazing. So. Yeah. And I think just coming off of this, it's like, as well, I know like people as parents always like judge themselves because they see different parents that online yeah. that like have it all together. No one has it together. Nope. No one knows what they're nope. doing. Um, And I just like, as someone that came from like a single parent household, like yeah. I have three siblings that, that man at my age, my dad had four children that he was putting through school (laughs) and I don't know how he did it. And I think every day, like I remember even growing up, like sometimes like, you know, when you're a kid and you get annoyed with your parents, like just know that like, I'm now an adult. I look at my dad and I'm like, I don't know how you did that. And I'm like, I have the most respect for him. The fact that he was able to. And it's like, I don't think, oh, all the times my dad didn't come to this, didn't come to that. I think he literally was keeping a house running (laughs) while four kids. Like, I think like, no, just know that 
as long as you're doing your best and you're just sharing, like showing your kids that you care with whatever time you have mm-hmm. with them, that's all you can do. Yep. I know there's times where like, you know, you can't make parent-teacher conferences or you don't respond to emails or phone calls right away. But just know that you're doing the best that you can do. And I just think it takes a, such a strong person to be a single parent yep. and to raise kids on their own because, <laughs> you know, you don't have someone that at the end of the day you can go and yell at for the <laughs> fact that you are literally ready to just kill someone at any given moment. And that takes strength. It and does. I just think I have mad respect for you. And I just really hope that you know that you are doing the absolute best that you can and that we really appreciate you. I loved that little personal insight. Oh, shout out to, to dad. I know. My dad won't listen to this. He doesn't get technology. Bless him. Oh. <laughs> Whenever I tell him I'm a content creator, he's like, I don't know what that is, but you're making money. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's all that matters. <laughs> So sweet. All right, this has been a, another episode of the Habits Teacher Express. Please make sure that you're following us on all uh, social media channels. We've got YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and sharing is caring. If you are enjoying this episode and your ride along the Hot Mess Teacher Express, please please share with anyone, anyone who will listen to you. All right, are you ready? Yeah. You've been practicing. Okay. Farewell. Choo-choo.